talking about the one of the what's this? Tell me about it. one of the voices of us. It's one. It's another voice. The evil side. Yeah, whatever your name is, hey. Thanks, everyone, again, for joining us here on Evil Examined. Um, John is Skeptic in studio. Yo. And um, this is going to be a good one. Evil Examined, Evil Entry, right? Uh, for those not familiar or first-time listeners, this is the deep dive. So, you know, our, our first couple parts of our episode, Odd News and Forbidden Five, are kind of like, you know, Odd News. It's like more quick bites, kind of, and... Some details, but not too crazy. But we're going deep dive today, right? Yeah. On what? I the... read a book. Yeah. Oh, so, you know, it's cool. last time we fucking read a book, like the Aaron Hernandez shit. People really like that, you know. So this is gonna be good. This mm-hmm. one is called cannibalism. <laughs> so this is gonna be kind of like a holistic view of cannibalism, right? From mm-hmm. all angles. We're not ju- not just the same old shit. You guys are gonna hear some. Some weird stuff, maybe some ideas. She's told me just a couple of tidbits throughout when she's been putting it together, and it's all super interesting. So I'm, I'm excited because I know there's a lot I haven't heard. Um, so is this like a positive spin on cannibalism? <laughs> You'll what, have to decide for yourself. Huh? I feel like you got to decide, right? So, um, but what was it? Uh, www.evilexamine.com. If you guys haven't checked out uh, the Rick and Morty video John suggested in his trachea, you're just, you're, you know. You're missing out. You're missing out. <laughs> Let's just be straight straight we'll up, not pulling any together. punches. It's, and, and just to be clear, it's not <laughs> my trachea, because that's my actual windpipe. It's a <laughs> tracheotomy scar on my neck. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I just try to juice it up a little, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, www.evilexamine.com. Can we buy those like doctor cameras that you insert inside people? Like an arthroscopic camera? Yeah. But I don't, I mean, I want to see my trick. If you had enough money, you probably could. <laughs> the black market. But you can do what you want, yeah. And be sure, oh, yeah. Um, uh, remember, it's like our anniversary, February 2nd. And, um, with that Groundhog having Day. passed, yeah, Groundhog Day, dude. Yeah. Um, with that having passed, um, we're going to be announcing our bash 
uh, for our birthday with, where we get a blood-filled cake and um, <laughs> what? We're going to put other stuff in it, too? Whose blood are we using? Of, a bunch of gross shit. But if you guys want to come and eat it, uh, <laughs> we're going to probably do like a little get-together at a brewery and celebrate with... Uh, we'll, we'll try and have everyone who's been on the show, if possible, and then, uh, you know, anybody who listens to it. Can who has the out. rarest blood type? Um, I think Mike has alien blood, doesn't he? I think I'm like B or something. So. I'm B positive. I'm always yeah. positive. Mike's a hybrid, though, isn't he? Or whoever has the highest uh, alcohol blood content. Yeah. Let that Bleed case get broke up. <laughs> but that's our housekeeping. Oh, also, I'll say um, one of my stories is included in Hellbound Books uh, anthology of Bizarro. It's called Some Girl. There's uh, four illustrations in it, and uh, it's a pretty, it's a pretty uh, crazy horror story. So you can check it out. I think it's like five bucks on Kindle. I don't know if they're going to have it on Kindle Unlimited. They might, but it's also available in paperback too. So check it out. I'll put it up on the website so you guys uh, can know where to go to buy it. And that's a, that'll be under the store, or we might put it on the splash page. But that's enough of the housekeeping. I say now we get into the evil entry. Um, so this book is just called Cannibalism, and it's by a biologist named Bill Shutt. So he kind of comes at cannibalism from a scientific approach. So he's not like shoving it down your throat, so to speak. Um, what, what is, what is the truth? He never like, if it can't be proven beyond the shadow of a doubt by the scientific method, then he's not going to say whether or not it happened because he can't know that. So you might call that skepticism. I don't know. You call it that, John? Uh, <laughs> you call it that. <laughs> right. Scientific method. <laughs> so, what do you guys think counts as cannibalism? Like uh, one species eating itself. Its, uh, the same species. Yeah, and I think it's like, to me, I always picture eating the flesh. Of your own species. Yes, right? of your own. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's how I picture it. But So if you eat your own fingernails, is that cannibalism? Like self-cannibalism? Or drinking breast milk? Or I eat my own, like... Boogers? No, I used to... <laughs> <laughs> I used to eat my own scabs when I was younger. Are you fucking serious? Yeah, I would Are just bite it off. Sick? And just eat it. Fuck. And also, like, bite my... I still do it. I'm doing it right now. I'm the lip. My, my lip skin. I think cannibalism is like eating. And I, I don't know. I mean, I know that technically, I guess, uh, like animals eating their own kind is cannibalism, but I feel like it's more humans because there's like the sentience type thing, but the moral. Yeah. yeah. Morality. But I feel like it's not just, you know, eating your fingernails or something. It's. Actually eating another person as like you would eat a chicken. So it does As like a meal. As a meal, like yeah. for sustenance. For sustenance. 
Like mm. if I, okay. Yeah. There's like a lot of different ways that you could decide what counts as cannibalism and what doesn't. You could like define it all sorts of different ways. Uh, so like you, but- you don't have to kill someone. Uh, you could eat part of them, or yeah. you could kill them, or they could already be dead, and then right. you could eat yeah, them. I don't think the murder has anything to do with it, like, in my view. Um, but I also don't think, in my view, the morality has anything to do with it either. It's just, it's for, me, for me, it's just the act. Yeah. In the but flesh. That's but. an interesting point, though, bringing up, like, uh, because humans, right, we see it rarely, and I think we all think it's bad. Like, it's got a stigma with it, right? That cannibalism equals bad <laughs> mm-hmm. or immoral. Yeah. But there's lots of incidences of cannibalism in the animal world, too. So It's, it's a shock thing when you hear the word usually, right? Like, associated with a crime or something. You're like, <gasps> yeah. cannibal. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. It adds a new depravity. Right? Like... It's like you can kill somebody, but then you fucking eat them too. It's like that's sick. I don't know. But maybe they're just—it's just not wasteful. My parrot de- uh, develop a a taste for like chicken. Your parrot? Yeah. That means you were just feeding it chicken, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> like, well, how did it get it then? Uh, it would like eat from my plate the rice <laughs> and beans, and then yeah. I liked the chicken. So you gave it chicken? <laughs> Not intentionally. You just ate it. So, oh, so like you just, sometimes he'll be hanging out outside the cage and maybe you're just not yeah. paying attention to it. And you, yeah. Birds actually <laughs> have a lower cannibalism rate than other types of animals too. So that's interesting. Well, you see like, do you consider it cannibalism if you have like an eagle eating a smaller bird? Technically no, because they're different species. Uh, so parrot to chicken, that's not cannibalism. Right. right. I feel like I, I, for some reason in my head, I would think that birds were more likely to be cannibals because of eggs. No, I just feel like birds are assholes. <laughs> just in general, they like, are like they're the assholes of the the, the animal world. Mm-hmm. There's been accounts of eagles picking up uh, like goats and just dropping them off from high heights for no reason, just to kill them, just because they're dicks. Yeah. Yeah, they are dicks. One of my favorite things that I've read, because there's different reasons that uh, animals or people would cannibalize each other. It's a lot of times it's, you know, like evolution to preserve um, their own, like to carry forward their um, genes. Right. Like it's just all a drive to carry forward your genes into the next generation. So like there's endocannibalism where it's like you can eat people within your own family or there's like uh where you're part of the same species but you'll eat like someone kind of like from another tribe or whatever but my favorite bird one there's a couple different ones my favorite bird one is snowy egret so when snowy egrets uh lay eggs they have three eggs every single time and the first two eggs get a majority of the hormones and the third egg gets less hormones. So it's like a smaller, less developed one that's kind of like set up. Just picture like if you know anyone with like three siblings like I have in my household, like my youngest sister, right? So like they're like set up to either if there's enough food around them, they just throw this one out of the nest and it dies. Like it just falls and dies. But if there's not enough food around them when they're chicks it's like that's who they peck to death and then eat oh shit! so no matter what that third one only exists to die and, and this is like a 
This is like a built-in mechanism, right? Yeah. Like, it always happens. Like you said, it always is in three. And that third one, this is all by design. That, that's the crazy part. The rule of three, dude. All right. No. Yeah. Do you guys have... How many brothers or sisters do you have? I only have... Uh, well... Oh, yeah. I have quite a few. Like. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, the, who's the third one? But I was... I only consider my sister that I was raised with as, like... Yeah. yeah. Even though she's not, like, full-blooded, she's half, technically half-sister. Me and my brother had no one to eat. Yeah. Just me and him. Yeah. What about you, John? Uh, well, I have a biological sister, and then I was adopted, and I have four brothers and a sister. So who would get eaten? I mean... The youngest? Not, I, your, not your weightlifting sister, right? No. Nah. Well, there was <laughs> only the two of us. Um, and then the I came along... After my next oldest brother is 11 years older than me. So someone would have gotten eaten before I showed up. <laughs> so you would have been safe. I would have been safe. Yeah. Yeah. But you would have been like, the stench of the cannibalism would have still been in the air. Yeah. You've been like, so. these motherfuckers are dirty. Another bird one is chickens. And there's this like really weird thing because have you guys ever seen what it looks like like in Napoleon Dynamite or something when they have like those huge chicken houses? Mm-hmm. I guess there used to be a problem back in the day where chickens would peck each other um, and sometimes like eat each other a little bit too. Uh, so they started selling chicken blinders, like these little things that you could put on birds for like 47 cents each and they'd put them on there so they didn't peck each other. I feel like you've talked about this before. I don't know why. That, that's quite the investment, though, because when you look at some of those birdhouses, right? There's like thousands of so chickens. Tons of chickens. Just imagine all those chickens wearing like glasses, basically. And you got to put the fucking blinders on each one of them. Like, and I like Tiny you just attach thing. it to their beaks. Like that would suck to do, and they right? probably could take them off anyway. Like a dog dog cone for chickens. Yeah, <laughs> freaking weird. That's hilarious. Um. And then I feel like there's some things that everyone has kind of heard of already, like where it's like the um, sexual cannibalism with the praying mantis. Do you guys oh, yeah. know about that one? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She eat, yeah, after they bang, doesn't she eat the, the head off? Sometimes it's during the banging and the body finishes. Yo, wow. <laughs> like, they say that... The, Is it just the head they eat off, though? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah they say that, um, like... And granted, this is all done in labs when they're observing this behavior. So it's like they're kind of starving them a little bit first. for like, So they do this anyways. But that the ones where they rip off their head during sex instead of afterwards or during mating, I guess, um, they their um, children or whatever are stronger and they have like more of them. Huh. This reminds me of a scene <laughs> in the movie Necromantic 2. Mm. Has anyone seen that movie? Yes. <laughs> no. So she's having sex with the guy in it, and um, throughout, spoiler alert, throughout the film, she's been housing like a dead body um, of a man she was obsessed with, and, um, you know, she has like his dick cut off on on a plate in a fridge, and so like when she's having sex with this guy, um, she cuts his head off during sex and hops off of his erect penis and like does like a twisty tie around it to make sure that it doesn't deflate and then gets back on him and like keeps fucking him until she finishes. Yo. 
Necromantic too. Necromantic Is it Jammin's? Is that part of a Kama Sutra? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> um, and then, so you've had a pet hamster. What was your hamster's name? Oh, you got to bring that up. It was Henry. Henry, that's a cute name Henry for a hamster. hamster. So hamsters are notorious for cannibalizing their young um, in certain situations. And a lot of times it's human's fault that it's happening. Like if you handle a hamster uh, you got your too scent. quickly, yeah. Like, um, or if the, they say that it happens because the female hamster, when she's under stress, that's when she eats her young and she'll eat her whole litter when she's under stress. So the whole litter? you've got to leave them alone. Mm-hmm. Isn't that kind of like, like when, um, the mother rabbit, like if you go and fuck with the nest and she picks up the scent, she may just abandon it. She can abandon it, but mother rabbits also will eat their young if it's a situation where they don't believe there's enough food for, um, like, the if the it's not going to survive anyways because there's not enough food for it, the mother rabbit will eat it. Damn nature, you scared. It's crazy because, like, it's this fine line of, like, man, I'd do anything to raise this kid. Fuck it, I'll just eat him. You know what I mean? Like, it's a seesaw that can go either way seemingly, right? It's preserving... Because there's no emotional attachment, I guess? Or do we know? I don't know. I think I there probably is somehow, but... Like, it's a it's a way... It's like a scale of, like, how do you have the best chance to preserve your genes and carry them forward kind of thing. Um, another one that doesn't really have to do with cannibalism, but I thought it was crazy. Like, there is cannibalism in this species... Uh, is hyenas. <laughs> Did you guys know that it's like kind of about sexual dimorphism that I just learned from reading this book that hyena females, they don't have, um, like they're bigger than the males and they have th- their vagina, like isn't a hole. It turns into like kind of like a dick thing and they have, um, is that the- like, Scientific term, a dick. They have like pseudo phalluses. Yeah, they have pseudo phalluses. And they also have like like fucking something else that turns into like a scrotum too. And it's like they're bigger. And so they boss around the male hyenas because usually it's big dykes. Like there's all different kinds of things going on in species where it's like the moms eating their kids, the kids eating their moms to survive. Like there's a spider. Like a mom spider that she's like, oh, fuck, I don't have food. Like after my uh, hatchlings are born, they just eat this spider alive, like this weaving spider. And like the mom sacrifices itself for their kid. And then there's like the hamsters that all eat their litters. Well, and there's these no, fucking before hyenas. you blow by that one, though, I just like the concept of that one blew me away because you mentioned that to me before the show. Mm-hmm. And it's just like that you like, do they know when they're going to have children like that they are gonna that's their time to die that's crazy dude because they they know they have the instinct right to let the and the children just eat them yeah it's like the life of one for the life of many i don't they don't even have brains number one and i don't think they're spiders don't have brains not really insects no they have like ganglions like little clumps of nerves but it knows to do that right it has some kind of instinct if they're seeing a pattern of it. Nose in their gym. Yeah, I mean that's a kind of a loaded 
I mean, nose implies a lot of stuff that we think of when we know something that doesn't. I mean, it's instincts. Yeah, yeah it's more instinct than than anything else. Yeah. Don't sharks eat each other inside the womb? Yeah, there's sharks that like. There's actually scientists like the way they found out was when they were like dissecting a pregnant shark or something. They stuck their hand in there and the because they grow inside of their like. I don't know. I just imagine it like being like a fallopian tube where they grow inside there, like these tiger sharks and they stuck their hand inside of it and the fetal shark bit them. So that's how they know about that. They're born killers, dude. There's another species uh, called a cake lid that kind of look like these worms and they do the same shit where it's like uh, the fetuses inside them grow inside them and they have teeth and they eat their mother from the inside. Um, out so and just imagine babies being like born with teeth like, like in, aliens, inside yeah, of it like the movie aliens yeah. yeah so again that's just another cycle where like once you bear children like you're doomed kind of i guess so. you become the substance just fucking and there's, there's like uh, i'm sorry there's butterflies that are born without like mouths because all they do is reproduce and die they're born without mouths. They don't have mouths, so they don't eat ever. They they live for like two days. I mean, they're caterpillars, and they eat, and then they turn into moths, I think, maybe. And they like live for two days and then die after they reproduce. That's crazy. Does, don't how, flies do yeah, that? Yeah, don't flies die really quick, too? Isn't that kind of like they the bang maggots and they, they eat, die. right? And then, but they can eat shit. I've seen them eating shit before. Your shit? <laughs> Oh man! Right? Don't have you ever seen a fly on a piece of shit? You never watched that? I've I've seen it. Like I don't know <laughs> how long I've watched it for. Though. Like, have you ever gone up to a piece of shit covered in flies or something covered in flies and scare them all away? Well, the yeah, way, that's fun. The way flies <laughs> right? is by like puking on their stuff and like dissolving what's below it and then, and then sucking it up. It. That's why it sicks me out so much if like a fly lands on anything because I know it's like puking on it. If it was just landing there and leaving, it wouldn't bother me as much like a bee. Like Seth Brundle. From the fly. Oh. <laughs> oh, dude. What a great movie, huh? Oh, man. Jeff Goldblum. Um, mm, it's a classic. Death Wish. The fly, too, sucked, though. Yeah, it's pretty that bad. Was terrible. Was he not in it? No. Yeah. So that's why. Guy. And it turned to me, he was like a superhero. Yeah, it was stupid. <laughs> Eric Stoltz. There's also lions are probably like my favorite ones. They're kind of like Jerry Springer animals where it's like... Um, the male lion will kill and eat or cannibalize uh, cubs from a lioness that aren't that he didn't father because otherwise she won't mate for like a year and a half while she's raising the cubs. So he just goes in, fucking Fuck your kids. eats the kids that are there, and he's like, now have my kids, bitch, kind of thing. So. And then another that. lion comes in, eats those kids, and fucks her. That's a tough life. Right. right. Just watch kids. kids being raped and watching your children be yeah. eaten. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you can't scratch your back. Yeah. So, like, okay. So, there's cannibalism all throughout, like, the animal kingdom. And there is also with humans, too. Right? So, we've talked about some of the human situations before, too. And a lot of times, it's, like, for different reasons. There's, like, ritual cannibalism. There's medicinal cannibalism. Which it's like when people grind up bones because they think it heals them. Um, like albino people's bones. Yeah. 
Yeah, good there's, for you. there's like a belief that they hold some enchanted powers and stuff, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a big problem, aren't they? Like they're still doing that, slaughtering a lot of. I, that was something that I had seen. Yeah, in Africa, a lot that happens. I don't know, but um, there's also like different people that believe like when someone dies, the only way that they're um, like they can go to their afterlife happily or whatever, the way to honor them is to eat their bodies. Like, that's what you guys should do for me. Yo. <laughs> I believe that eat now. Your ashes? Oh, there's people that eat ashes too. Yeah, my strange addiction. Yeah, yeah she was like dipping it and shit. Because mm-hmm. if you don't, I think she was just kind of a fat bitch though. Consume the material <laughs> body so though. that the spirit can mm-hmm. depart. Well, well they didn't like a- shitting aspects? it out is better though. Well, you're consuming it. You're <laughs> getting getting <laughs> it's you know instead I'm of like, it burning it. Um, I mean, do you want me all... to pass you through my rectum when it's all said and done? That's Tear that all ass I up. Want. <laughs> <laughs> yep. How'd you know? <laughs> Didn't the Mayans and or the Aztecs like eat Aztecs? Oh, the Aztecs, dude. <laughs> they ate like hearts and shit from their enemies. Yeah, that's Part another reason why um, cannibalism, like. I would kind of categorize that as ritual cannibalism. So it's like during war periods in different cultures, it's like they would maybe eat one piece of their enemy uh, like to gain their power sort of thing. Like the same way that like people do when they're hunting sometimes too. Or um, to show respect for them that they were fight, like that they fought well sort of thing. This guy had a lot of well, heart. Like, it reminds me of that great 90s movie Ravenous. You know, like oh, you, eat, you eat the flesh of the man. And my favorite power. cannibalism movie. That's, <laughs> that's such an underappreciated movie. Tremendous. It's so good. good. It's so good. If you guys haven't seen Ravenous. What I was just. Oh, go ahead. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. That was it. Uh, what I was just thinking of was Last of the Mohicans. Another oh, really good movie yeah. where uh, the bad guy eats someone's heart. His enemy. To to take his power or to like um, show his power over him, I can't remember the ending yeah, of that movie. He doesn't eat it. He does carve it out and holds it up in the air. Maybe he doesn't eat it. Hmm. I don't remember. There's some awesome hair in that movie. Still a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. This. It's definitely a. Cannibalism's kind of romanticized in the horror genre. You know, it's like everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, although those aren't really horror movies, I feel like. Like they Ravenous say, is a little bit, but not like we, yeah. But that's what what made it cool was like it just wasn't a downright horror movie. There was yeah. like a certain creepiness to it. it has David and, Arquette in it, right? Yeah, he's yeah. pretty funny. <laughs> guy Pierce, it's really and uh, who's the other guy? I can't remember his name, but he was in Train Spotting. It's not Ewan McGregor. It's that other guy that's the little yeah. Irish guy with the mustache. Right? Robert Car- Carlyle. Carlyle, yep. yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a tremendous movie. Um, so when you think of cannibals, you think of Aztecs first, right? When you think of the Chainsaw Massacre, Chainsaw Massacre, like what image pops in your head when you're like, oh, picture your typical cannibal? What Jeff- do you Jeffrey think of Dahmer. Jeffrey Dahmer or Ed Gein? Yeah, for me, I mean, Dahmer was the one that, you know, that was the one that, like, I feel like. Everyone was like, oh, shit, cannibalism. Mm-hmm. It's like... I think, like, Jeffrey. Green Inferno. Like, 
Green I think Inferno? like that, well, I used to like um is that what it was? Called? Cannibal Holocaust? Cannibal Holocaust maybe. So so Green Inferno was like a oh. movie within a short movie within Cannibal Holocaust and then Eli Roth uh a few years back made the movie Green Inferno like as a homage kind of to Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah. But Cannibal Holocaust is the one where they had, they brought the directors of the movie into court and they made them reenact the special effects because they thought people like actually died in the movie and um and it's also very controversial and still banned in a bunch of countries because of the animal cruelty in the movie they kill a lot of different animals throughout the film including a a big ass turtle which is really hard to watch um but it's a classic and uh creepy film for sure it's actually like one of the first found footage movies it kind of started that like a lot of people credit Blair Witch Project uh, with that but I think I I believe I was talking to like Brandon from uh, Death Drop Gorgeous and uh, he reminded me that that's actually a found footage movie too but But like I was thinking of Green Inferno, like the tribal right, like situations, mm-hmm. um, like Latin American Amazon style, like untouched uh, people meeting civilization. Like that's the vision that comes to my head when I think of like a classic cannibal or how cannibals have been portrayed, like to me in a historical context. But this book kind of talks about that a little bit, and um, that concept isn't totally accurate. So, well, that that that's why they buried that Eli Roth movie too. Like, if you notice, it didn't get like a huge push in theaters or anything. It was kind of a straight to Blu-ray thing because there was a bunch of people complaining about the fucking oh, you're making these. People look like savages, these tribes, and it's like, dude, it's a fucking movie. You know what I mean? Like, they basically went deeper into the Amazon than anyone has ever gone and filmed. The people there had never seen television before. They had to get somebody to, like, translate, and they were laughing. They they played the old Cannibal Holocaust movie for the fucking people that acted in the film. They, those are all real tribes people in the movie. And they played it for him, and they're like laughing and shit. They thought it was funny, mm. like when they saw it. They didn't have a fucking problem with it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, but yet you have all these fucking people up in arms over a movie. You know? Yeah. It's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, like historically, um, like cannibalism has come up like in tons of different things. There's like the Odyssey, like in Greek ancient culture, or whatever. Like a lot of the words come. From that, like they have words for cannibal. Um, actually, the word cannibal comes from like people, like can it, canine sort of thing. Like they're talking about like dogs kind of thing and dogs eating each other. So, dog eat dog world. I don't know. Mm. Um, I could see it. But, and then there's like, it's in Shakespeare, they talk about it. Like there's like peop- the Cyclops in like uh, the Odyssey. There's, all sorts of things, but like Christopher Columbus, when he came and was exploring or whatever, he kind of like 
wrote all these things and started portraying people like in Latin America and different places he was visiting as being cannibals. And he's like, oh yeah, they were like chopping off limbs, cooking them over a fire pit. Like they're completely, you know what I mean? Like they're totally cannibals. And goes back, reports all this shit. And the people writing it down never even got off the boat. They're just like telling them this. Like they didn't see anything themselves. It's not like a firsthand account. They're just like writing stuff down. And um, go back and Queen... Isabella of Spain was like, all right, like they're all cannibals. Like, fine, then we can make them part of like, we can make them slaves then. So it's kind of like cannibalism has been used historically to kind of be like an us versus them and identify the other as bad so that people don't question what they're doing when they're like enslaving them or they can justify their behavior as calling whoever that they're taking over or like imperializing as like a, like a bunch of propaganda, right? Savage. Like yep. They're like, oh, well, they're savages. Less Look, than human. We can't integrate with them. They'll eat us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's kind of like why those things are associated. And that's how you'll hear cannibalism described a lot of times. And it's not just like back in the day like that. It kind of carries forward too. So it's like some of the other situations where it's kind of like an us versus them thing. But this one really happened where they kind of like forced people to become cannibals was in Leningrad um, where like the Germans kind of like uh, surrounded Leningrad and there's a bunch of people in there like millions of people I think it was like 10 million people in this one city that couldn't leave and eventually they started eating each other I think it was like 1.5 million people died like they had no access to food they were already short on food when they were in there if they left they'd get killed um and they ran out of food right away after like rationing things or like bodies in the streets and it's fucking freezing there too it's called saint petersburg now but like uh the ground would be totally frozen and so they would like want to make graves for people but they didn't have any food so they just eat people's bodies and like blow up the ground the frozen ground and put like pits of bodies and them and go eat from it and they'd be like where'd that body go mm-hmm. things like that yeah madness that's, that's pretty crazy um <laughs> the can't the um i i think like um i I, th- I tend to think more modern whenever i think about it for some reason but uh and it's like we kind of covered it last week partially in the pork bun murders for the uh the fast food massacre episode. Mm. Like that's another interesting part of cannibalism, right? Like even if you don't know that you were eating someone. Surprise cannibalism. Surprise cannibalism. (laughs) Because he he ground the people in the restaurant up and supposedly put them in the pork buns. It's a revenge thing too. Like, so uh, you mentioned Shakespeare. So Titus Andronicus is the one where he's this general. and, And also it goes back even before that, the Tantalus was this guy who fed somebody's kids to them and then he was punished by the gods by being stuck in this pool of water and if he bent down to try and drink, the water would go away and if he reached up to try and grab this fruit that was over his head, that would go away. So that's where the word tantalize comes from. Oh, man. So And then Shakespeare took that and put it in Titus Andronicus where he feeds his enemies their kids and then George R. R. Martin took it from Shakespeare and put it in. I mean, well, maybe he didn't, but the because maybe that wasn't in the book. 
with the part where Arya feeds the guy his kids. Mm-hmm. It's like the same deal. So it's like a revenge thing. You feed your enemies their 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 own children, loved ones, without them knowing it, and then you let them know that they just ate their loved ones. It's a fucking crazy thing. Mm-hmm. There was a South Park episode where uh, Cartman fed this kid's parents to the kid <laughs> in chili. Oh yeah, Ray's like, yeah, have that chili. I remember that. Yeah, and the kid's like, crying. He's like, oh, your tears are so salty. Yeah, he keeps <laughs> licking his tears. Oh, they're so salty. Do you have anything on um, Albert Fish and your stuff? Not yet, but I do want, have one more thing I want to talk about before moving on to like serial killers. Oh yeah, like yeah. a historical thing for sure. So like, there's another war one that I feel like I should have known about, but I never knew about it before, and I kind of can't decide if I think it's propaganda or real, and so I want to know your guys' opinions about it. But okay, it's called the Chichijima Incident. And so it's in Japan. There's, like, starving people on this island. Um, and it's, like, Americans are fighting Japanese at this point. And there's a bombing raid. And a bunch of people, like, after this bombing raid, they said a bunch of the Japanese people, like, uh, were eating the American soldiers, like, there. And um, so there were submarine people, too. And so... That were in part of this bombing raid, and only one person escaped this fate that was. And there were nine other people that had died and been eaten, and the one escapee was Lieutenant H. W. Bush, George H. W. Bush. Like, and I was like, how can that seems kind of suspicious to me if it's like, oh, everyone else died and was eaten, but I escaped and I'm running for president. So. You know what I mean? Like, oh, like you think it was just a, a fabrication well, to after, pad his uh, resume? After thinking about like all of the, um, like all of the times that cannibalism has been used to kind of like, I don't know. It seems like it's kind of like a witch hunt sort of situation a lot of times, and so that's kind of why I thought it was a little bit suspicious. And then when there's like you're the only survivor of something too, I it don't definitely know. seems suspicious. He sold them out. Do you think? Speaking of witches, aren't witches known for eating kids? Oh, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Hansel and Gretel. But, yeah, there's tons of serial killers, too. And this book makes a point of not going into details about them. But it's like, okay, so we've got Dahmer, Fish, Gein. There's that cannibal cop thought crime dude that's not an actual killer. Yeah. But, <laughs> but they thought Talk to he... us about Fish. Fish is a crazy one. I mean, this is like um, the crime, I think, I believe it was in like the 20s. Um, different. It was a different time back then. Um, it was a time where you trusted your kids maybe to go off and like work on a farm for a summer with somebody you didn't know really well. Um, this was what Albert Fish used to kind of acquire uh, one of, uh, attempt to acquire one of his victims um, he put an ad in the paper saying, you know, they can come and work on the farm. Basically, he showed up with, like, pot cheese and, like, strawberries as a gift to the family. And there was a young boy there that was the candidate to come and work on the farm. And uh, But he saw his younger sister, uh, this girl, Grace Bud, and kind of fell in love with her, you know, uh, at first sight. 
and instead of and he was basically like oh yeah we'll um we'll definitely you know get him on the farm to work this summer like he kind of wooed the family and he had money and stuff and they were like oh wow this guy's like you know he's he's paid for the time like he can really help our family out and he convinced them to let him take their daughter i think she was like five or six or something to a birthday party a couple streets over he claimed his sister was having a birthday party a couple streets over he would just take her there and then bring her back and drop her off and um yeah they never saw her again and basically like i guess uh he he went up into this abandoned house and left her outside of it and then called her up and said, come on up. Like he stripped down all of his clothes, called her up. She goes upstairs. Said when she seen him like naked, she started crying and like ran in the closet and shit. And um, yeah, he like sawed her head off. And like he, in the book, like it details, the uh, Harold Schechter's book, um, deranged i believe he has three books that are all d words it's like depraved deranged and deviant i believe it's deranged that's albert fish's story but uh he details uh her the swallowing of her hot blood like just swallowing gulps and gulps of it and how like he fucking like threw it back like it was just like really disturbing but fish was like he said that he learned about cannibalism being in China, like, I don't know if he was in the military and that's why he was in China or for something else, but he said that they would snatch children off the street during famines, like kids would just go missing and then meat would show up in shops. And he said that tasting the rump of like a young boy was like the fucking best thing in the world to him. Like that's where he learned about cannibalism. Um... And I don't know if it was him that was there or if it was a friend of him that had bragged to him about it. And, like, it just put these ideas in his head. And he was like a, he was like a sadist. He would insert, like, when they took an x-ray of his pelvis, there was, like, hundreds of needles that he had just put into himself. And they said, like, he would stick rose stems into his urethra and stand in front of... Uh, a mirror naked and look at himself with like a rose coming out of his cock. Just insane shit, dude. Like, and this guy is like, this is like in the 20s, you know? Um, and yeah, that wasn't That'd the only... That'd be a great Valentine's Day gift. Just if you guys are trying to think of anything. <laughs> but I'm not going to talk too much more because I think at some point we'll probably do something on Albert Fish because um, I, um, I found the book fascinating. I read it back years ago but if you're looking for like a true crime book that reads like fiction that that would be the one mm-hmm. that's some Hannibal shit yeah it's fucking wild stuff and this is an old man mm-hmm. and the, and he, he he would continue to harass the family writing letters uh, detailing what happened in uh, the murder of the child and how he cooked and ate or like in in detail, he continued to send letters to the family and harass them. That was eventually his undoing, I believe, was he he was obsessed with writing. Like, all he constantly was writing. And these harassing letters eventually 
you know, kind of what I was undoing. But you can read the letters in the book, and you can probably read them online. It's crazy. They're really creepy. Ugh. Let's see. Um, Actually. Another one is Ed Gein, right? And I just learned this, that uh, Norman Bates' character was based off of Ed Gein, but they didn't make him a um, cannibal in that movie. <laughs> so it's like... Just a weirdo. Yeah, just a weirdo. Well, Chainsaw Ma- Massacre, right? Was that's also based on mm-hmm. him? Yeah. Yeah. So he's... he had like human skull bowls. Yeah, and like furniture with like human skin on it, like yeah. a lamp and shit. And he like... had a box of noses under his bed. Oh, he, have he had a belt made of nipples. Yeah, crazy shit. <laughs> Can I? It's not a long letter. Can I read this letter? Go for it. I just I wanted to pull it up because it's disturbing and it outlines a couple of the details and brings them together but the albert fish letter so he wrote it to the mother of grace bud and it says dear miss bud in 1984 a friend of mine shipped as a deckhand on the steamer tacoma captain john davis they sailed from san francisco to hong kong china on arriving there he and two others went ashore and got drunk when they returned the boat was gone at that time, there was a famine in China. Meat of any kind was from one to three dollars a pound. Now this is fucking way back, so that's super expensive. You know what I mean? So great was the suffering that among the very poor, that all the children under twelve were sold for food in order to keep others from starving. A boy or a girl under fourteen was not safe on the street. You could go to any shop and ask for steak, chops, or stew meat. Part of, the na- part of the naked body of a boy or girl would be brought out and just what you wanted cut from it. A boy and girl's behind, which was the sweetest part of the body and sold as veal cutlet, brought the highest price. John stayed there so long he acquired a taste for human flesh. It was you. On his return to New York, he stole two boys, one seven and eleven, took them to his home, stripped them naked, tied them in a closet, then burned everything they had on. Several times every day and night, he spanked them, tortured them, and made their meat good and tender. First, he killed the 11-year-old boy because he had the fattest ass and, of course, the most meat on it. Every part of his body was cooked and eaten except the head, bones, and guts. He was roasted in the oven, all in parentheses, all of his ass, Boiled, boiled, broiled, fried, and stewed. The little boy was next. Went he went the same way at the same time. I was living at four hundred nine East One Hundredth Street near the right side. He told me so often how the human flesh uh, was made up, and I made. He told me so often how good human flesh was that I made up my mind to taste it. On Sunday, June third, nineteen twenty eight. I called on you at one uh, four oh six West Fifteenth Street. Brought you pot, cheese, strawberries. We had lunch. Grace sat on my lap and kissed me. I made up my mind to eat her. On the pretense of taking her to a party, you said yes. She should. She could go. I took her to an empty house in Westchester. I had already picked out. When I got there, I told her to remain outside. She picked wildflowers. I went upstairs, stripped all of my clothes off. I knew if I did not, I would get blood on them. 
When I was all ready, I went to the window and called her. Then I hid in the closet until she was in the room. When she saw me all naked, she began to cry and then try to run down the stairs. I grabbed her and she said that she would tell her mama. First, I stripped her naked. How did she, how she did kick, bite, and scratch? I choked her to death, then cut her into small pieces so I could take my meat to my rooms, cook and eat. How sweet and tender her little ass was roasted in the oven. It took me nine days to eat her entire body. I did not fuck her, though. I could, I could have had I wished she died a virgin. Yes. It's gross. Fucking gross. Have you guys ever done communion? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah? How did they, like, what did, what was your communion, like, what was it? Like a little wafer? Did someone, like, put it in your mouth or, like? Yeah, it's a wafer. They hand, I mean, usually they hand, they, older people will have it placed in their mouth. That's, like, the way they used to do it. Yeah. Well, you can do the, you can do the hands or you can just stick your tongue out. Right. It's yeah. your choice. Yeah. The Christ cracker. We used to That's have weird. like this thing where it's like these tiny cups and it was always like grape juice. It was never like actual wine. So it's not like each person had their own kind of like individual tiny shot glass and then these tiny bits of crackers that were passed around. But uh, did I don't know. Did you guys have them put it right on your tongue? No. I did the hand. Yeah. I never did that. Mm. And I very rarely drank the wine. Because you drink out of the same cup. Yeah, it's drink. weird. And the guy wipes it with the fucking rag, his cum rag. He's, like, <laughs> <laughs> he's got the altar boy sick. jizz on it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but what do you guys think like about that? Do you think that is kind of like a little bit cannibalistic? I always make fun of, because my wife's Roman Catholic, so I always make fun of her about it. Is that transubstantiation? Transubstantiation, yeah, which is that the, the they turn into the actual flesh and blood of jesus like it's because there was a pope right that like came out and said this is what happens and that's how it became Um, that i think but like yeah i mean i don't think any of that stuff is actually in the bible the bible so it's yeah i think they were just like let's see if we can get people to do this shit it'd be hilarious yeah (laughs) <laughs> it's and like, they're like, look, dude, they're lining up and doing it every week. Every week. Like, they're you literally in. believe that you're eating flesh. And that is that is straight up cannibalism, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, cannibalism is not the belief, in my opinion. It's the actual act of eating it. So, okay. So, then their religion like is... The, I, I don't believe... I mean, I'm not saying it just in my belief of what cannibalism is, how I think of it. I don't think of it as beliefs. Right. Yeah. But I used to think it was kind of cool that the, when the altar boys went and they would retrieve the stuff, you'd always see it. It's in fancy jar, you know, and uh, the golden plate and all that stuff. It looked really cool. It did yeah. look cool. So I'm going to end on this one story that's kind of like the religious thing. Um, or like going on with the same lines, like, so there used to be kind of like how they would have relics, different places, like a piece of the cross or something like that. There used to be this like bleeding bread. And this is part of why the reason, like, kind of like why maybe things developed how they did with like the bread of 
is the body of Christ sort of. And it kept going. So like they would have this bread and it would be out all day and it would have blood coming out of it. So it's like the bread was bleeding and, um, eventually it's like this bread got, I don't know, taken away or thrown out or something. And this was like, I forget, I think it was like in France maybe. And they were like, oh, this is all the Jews' fault that this bread is not bleeding anymore. Um, (laughs) So they like killed a bunch of people and like tortured them, whatever. Another thing like that. And they're like, this is fucked up. But apparently there's this like kind of bacteria that turns bread um, red and it looks like it's bleeding. I had never seen it before. And it's like if you leave bread out for long enough in like kind of like humid conditions it can develop this bacteria and that's what they'd been eating, but it's not like the bad for you bacteria. It's kind of like, you know, it's whatever, but it really looks like it's bleeding bread. So I'm going to show you guys a picture of it. Oh, cool. Cool. If I can remember what the bacteria is called, like scalara or something. If you type in bleeding bread, it won't just come up. That's what I'm hoping for. Cause I can't remember the name of the bacteria, but I love it when they see something that, they're like, oh, this is a miracle. This is clearly a miracle. Like a bleeding statue or something. Yeah. Or like recently that that goat in India that was supposedly born with a, a human-looking face, they're going to worship it like a god. Yo. <laughs> Did you see that? He's a maid. Seredia Marsensen. Oh, yeah, dude. Is this like right? It's real. Sauce? It's real blood on there. You know? It definitely delicious. looks. It looks exactly it's a miracle. like blood to me. I think it's like pizza. Right? <laughs> it's, it's just pizza strips. That's what <laughs> communion should pizza be. Pizza chips. <laughs> yeah. So there's tons of like crazy cases of cannibals that this book goes into. There's so many ones that are totally insane that make you question. And I know we've talked about uh, the Andes plane crash and Kuru before. So. Some other episodes we've had that have touched upon cannibalism. Yeah, what episode? The Kuru, that was on the Lords of Chaos, our episode three, I believe. Yeah, because you you did that, the pig, and the mutant deer, I think. Yeah, the the mutant deer deer and the the zombie deer and the Kuru thing was together. Yeah, zombie deer... Uh, it's the same thing causes both diseases. Yeah, so that's Lord. If you want to hear about that, that's Lords of Chaos episode three. Was the zombie deer eating each other too? The no. zombie. It's these. Or just rotten. Um, I'm not sure. It's mad cow disease. The zombie deer. There's a, some disease that um, uh, sheep get, and it it's this thing that your the proteins don't fold correctly. And so it fucks up your brain. But people get it. This this tribe in Indonesia would get it because they were ritualistically cannibals. And that's... But I don't know exactly... That's not the reason that the deer and stuff get it. They're not sure why. But And on uh, the one where you covered the alive plane crash, what, what was that? Do you remember? Uh, that was a Forbidden Five, right? Yeah, I remember making it's uh what are the other pictures with it they were all the gif ones so there's like the catherine wheel catherine wheel but that's like a torture device i can't remember what it was 
Uh, the shot thing. Lethal injection. <laughs> Lethal uh, injection. Why was that on there? So weird. I don't know. I don't think that... I can't remember. I'll remember what it was. How about... Yeah, just put up an ad for it yeah. on thing on Instagram. Yeah. If you guys go to our Instagram, Evil Examine, you can... We'll put up uh, a thing when we remember what the fuck it was. Which is will make the... Friday the 13th. That's what it was. Oh, that, that happened on yeah. Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. Yep. Why was the Catherine wheel on Friday It wasn't. It was just another one that was a gif. Oh, I got right, them mixed right, right. up. Okay. Yeah, and we you also learned Super Mario's on released on Friday the thirteenth. Yep. Too. Yeah, it's not all bad. Cannibalism's not all bad either. It's a mean. So mm. next week we will uh be constructing our top ten lists of uh the items that um we found most interesting in our year of retrospect. We'll we'll go, you know, a countdown style, each giving our pick. And uh you know, and we'll give you the episode for reference if you want to go back and listen or if you're like a new listener. But I think that'll be fun and a good way to celebrate uh, the one-year anniversary. As well as the details of the uh, get-together. Nice. Can't wait. This one was a solid food-focused episode. Like yeah. Like all, all three. Absolutely. John the Skeptic, thanks for joining us. Yep. Um... Anything you're plugging these days? Nah. Just uh, no holes and walls and things of that nature. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. We thank you very much for joining us on Evil Examined. We'll see you next week.